Your insurance needs are as unique as the work you do and the industry you're in. Having the right protection in place is just the start. There's so much you can do to mitigate risks to your business for today and as you grow. At Sovereign Insurance, we're here to help with valuable information, insights, tips, and tools to help you protect your operations. Visit SovereignInsurance.ca to learn more. As a small business owner, you are the business, and you know the time you're spending on payroll and HR could be spent in a hundred better ways. Ceridian PowerPay is fast, simple, and intuitive software trusted by over 40,000 Canadian small business owners like you. Automate your HR and payroll processes, keep track of compliance, and pay your people from your desktop or mobile phone. Free up time to focus on what really matters when it comes to your business, and get back to doing what you love with Ceridian PowerPay. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, a weekly show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. I'm your host, Rick Spence, business journalist, editor, public speaker, and entrepreneur. After 15 years as the national entrepreneurship columnist at the National Post, and as the former editor and publisher of Profit, the magazine for Canadian entrepreneurs, I've learned what makes Canadian startups special, scalable, and successful. On this show, we connect you with Canada's most innovative and entrepreneurial leaders and changemakers. You'll meet the people driving the entrepreneurial movement and we'll share their first-person adventures and their tips, hacks, and best advice for running startup and growth companies. The Startup Canada podcast is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 3.5 million entrepreneurs. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you listen to your podcasts. To entrepreneurs everywhere, this is your show. Ladies and gentlemen, entrepreneurs from coast to coast to coast, Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast. On the show today, we're thrilled to have Janice Sow, co-founder of Crying Out Loud, which is a retail store and social hub dedicated to redefining the journey of mental wellness. Janice's personal journey of mental wellness truly began with the sudden death of her life partner in 2017 and the hailstorm that immediately followed of becoming a young widow and single mom to her infant son. Janice comes from a professional background in branding and marketing and is most excited about building an open, authentic, and powerful community of shared experiences and the healing it can provide. She weaves into her grief process exploration of self-awareness and relationships, mental illness and substance use, and what it means and takes to love someone struggling with an addiction. Welcome to the show, Janice. Thanks, Rick. Happy to be here. Happy to have you. When we get started here at the Startup Canada podcast, what we like to do is make sure that we, we, we make a promise to our listeners who are very busy entrepreneurs. We try and tell them what they're going to learn, what, 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 in, what insights and ideas we want to share with them right off the top so they know that it's worth their time to stick with us. So what are the top pieces of advice that you hope entrepreneurs will take away from this conversation? Well, I guess I'm thinking about some lessons that I've learned um, and what I would want to share with someone who's just embarking on this. And as someone who had no aspirations of becoming an entrepreneur, um, I hope that this resonates with uh, a lot of your listeners. Um, I would say first is embrace uncertainty. So I think as hard and as uncomfortable as that can feel, um, it's something that I found was or has been and is very important to this journey of being an entrepreneur. 
And then also just to trust yourself to continue to take actions to move through that. So I don't think they all have to be leaps or, you know, remarkable actions that you have to take in order to get through the certainty. But I think um, just taking steps and pivots are just as important. And uh, just to kind of be methodical about it and take take your time, I guess, in, in some ways. Um, and then I would say another another piece of advice is to cultivate your relationships with your business partners, if you do have business partners, and then to create a healthy culture with your team. So I think when you have, uh, you know, confidence and trust in each other, that's when you can really be brave and you can take risks together and you have space to be more creative and make greater progress faster. And so at least for crying out loud, I think that's helped us tremendously. Fantastic. I, yeah, I think there's a lot of community involved in, in this story. So can you take us back to the beginning and, and, and lead us through your entrepreneurial journey as one of the four co-founders of Crying Out Loud? It's, it's obviously been quite uh, heavy and life-changing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. It's actually it's funny even calling it an entrepreneurial journey um, because I think I'm only just starting that part of it or it almost seems like I, it just kind of started in the latter half of this mega journey that I've been having. So, um, Take us I think, back yeah. to the beginning of the mega journey. <laughs> um, okay, well, I mean, my three business partners and I, we became very good friends through this terrible shared experience of, you know, losing husbands and life partners um, at a young age. And that was something that neither of us knew anything about. And frankly, not something that most young people in their 30s and 40s know much about. Um, But as young widows, I think what we found in each other was just this incredible support system and a safe place for us to ask the questions when we were afraid or feeling completely deflated and overwhelmed with just life and figuring things out, you know, starting over, how that was going to work. Um, we also were able to laugh together at all these awkward widow moments, you know, the, the things that people would kind of be terrified at and, or might cringe at, uh, we were able to, to kind of laugh our way through a lot of it. And, and also we were able to share in successes and victories and no matter the size of it, you know, small wins. Cause a lot of times we felt like we were just kind of living day to day. So, um, uh, I think through through that experience of, of meeting each other and finding each other and supporting each other, we were sort of, without knowing it, kind of mining all of these kinds of insights into mental health and self-care. And we just really came to recognize that making wellness a priority for yourself and also when your loved ones are able to do the same, then it's just such a critical part of everyone's process and so important for healing. Right. Um, so I think, you know, this mega journey started with, with grief and, and losing my partner, Patrick. Uh, and really throughout that journey and life's journey, it's kind of forced me to pick up some skills, I think, in a new perspective that actually made me more open to the idea of entrepreneurship. Um, so without even thinking of, you know, the business side of things and what I wanted to do with my career, I think I was starting to, to build more of an openness to it just with some of the things like taking risks, I guess, or um, being brave. Um, Certain things that I may not have really thought of or qualities, you know, that I hadn't really explored much of before, or at least I hadn't felt like it. So I think 
I think through that experience of ours, um, of kind of having to weather this this unknown territory and and start anew, I think this kind of all helped us to create this atmosphere where, you know, when we're sitting around one day and it's it's only been about a year since we um, have really since we started talking about doing the business, we essentially said to each other, you know, why doesn't the store exist out there for people to find gifts for hard times that is not, you know, an edible arrangement? And and when we started talking about that, it almost didn't, like opening our own business, it didn't even seem so terrifying. You know, we kind of didn't really overthink it. And uh, we just, I don't know, I, I personally felt like I had this confidence to start crying out loud and, you know, still keep up with my full-time job and single parenting and dating again and managing a household. Uh, and, yeah, like I said, I mean, I, it still surprises me every day how I didn't overthink the decision and just kind of took the leap. And we all said, yeah, yeah, let's try this. Yeah, okay, let's do it. That's amazing. Yeah. How did the, the four of you meet? Uh, <laughs> that's a funny story because, well, funny story. Um, we all had... So our our partners all died within, I guess, a year, a year and a half of each other. Um, and so Sarah was the first one. Her husband, Kevin, had died in August of 2016. Uh, and she was a mom to two young girls in the East End of Toronto and was, I think, looking and craving kind of some connection with someone else who might have been going through what she was going through. And, you know, at that age, like I, I was saying, we don't know, we don't have, we don't really have any frame of reference for what's supposed to happen next and how you're right. supposed to continue living and what you're supposed to do. And um, in many ways, you're tr- sort of just starting out your own life as well and, and making, making, um, taking all of those steps and building your own life. And suddenly this happens. And, um, you know, luckily we're in the age now of social media and uh, I kind of feel like thanks to the power of the internet and through Facebook, uh, we kind of each found each other. So um, that's how Sarah had found another one of our co-founders, Alexi, in December when Alexi's husband, Jamie, died. Uh, they had found each other through an East End parenting group and kind of right away you know, decided that they, Sarah decided she needed to be friends with Alexi and she wanted to be there for her. And she was like, someone else like me. And it kind of showed up on her doorstep, you know, with, a, with, with food um, a few days after I think uh, Jamie had died and was kind of like, here, I brought this for you, but also, you know, will you be my friend? And uh, they kind of really? became instant friends. Yeah. <laughs> Fast friends. Um, you know, Alexi has a daughter, had a young daughter at the time as well. She was, I think, 16 months. Um, and they really kind of leaned on each other very hard. And um, they lived very close together. So, or like they lived in the same neighborhood. Uh, so it was just kind of felt very, it was very comforting, you know, having someone that was going through something similar to you, a similar life stage. Um, and it's sort of, kind of grew from there. There was someone um, that Alexi had stumbled upon. <laughs> she had stumbled upon someone's obituary because, you know, funny things that widows do sometimes. Mm-hmm. She was reading an obituary a few months later and um, it was an obituary for Shannon's fiance, Rob. And he somehow, in reading it, she she thought, this sounds exactly like, like Jamie. 
So they had very similar backgrounds. They went to the same high school. They went to the same university, like years apart, but they had very similar similar lives. They had led very similar lives. And, and again, she thought she saw this online and she said, I need to be friends with this woman as well. <laughs> and I think also through Facebook, maybe, um, kind of got in touch with her and started messaging her and they became... Uh, they welcomed Shannon into the group and she, uh, yeah, very easily and quickly, they all just became very good friends. And then I guess it was probably several months later when, uh, when my partner Patrick had died in October of 2017, uh, a friend of, a, a good friend of mine who is also a mom, she said, oh, I remember seeing, I remember reading the story about um, a woman in our parenting group, our East End Facebook group for parents, and was also a young widow. And she was like, I don't know if this will be helpful. I don't know if this will go anywhere, but I can. Con- why don't I connect you guys? And she ended up just linking us up through Facebook again, like, uh, you know, messaging each other. And, and we sort of just messaged a little bit. And it was really helpful at that time because, yeah, I didn't, again, I, I just didn't know who or where or what was supposed to happen next and uh, craving connection all the time. And so I ended up uh, connecting with Sarah and we messaged for a bit. And then there was also, you know, when you, when you're, (laughs) when you're trying to find resources at this age for, for, for grieving um, the loss of a partner or spouse, it's, it's quite hard to find, you know, something that's not targeted to someone who's in there, who's much who's a much older age um and so thankfully through facebook um i stumbled upon uh this group called the hot young widows club (laughs) and i was like that sounds interesting the hot young widows club yeah the hot young widows club where are they (laughs) and they're everywhere oh oh, that's a facebook group it's a facebook group yeah they're everywhere and they had they had a Toronto chapter and they were actually getting together they were having a dinner and it the Hot Young Widows Club was started by this woman named Nora McInerney who now is actually a very successful entrepreneur herself she she runs um she hosts a podcast called Terrible Thanks for Asking wow. and uh she was also in her 30s and had gone through similar loss and so I was already a really big fan of hers and uh, was following her Facebook, this Facebook group that she had started as one of her earlier projects after she, as she was going through her journey. Um, and there's a Toronto chapter for this club and they were meeting for a dinner. So I, I went to this dinner and that's where I met Shannon. Um, and, uh, we, you know, we had great conversation and, and she actually took, she went back to the, the other girls and said, oh, I met this girl, Janice, and we should, you know, bring her into the group kind of thing and uh, incidentally Sarah and I had been chatting and we also happened to uh, we were also seeing the same grief counselor so it's just like you know the grief world is so small (laughs) and so we had all these intersections already and we ended up uh, just becoming really good friends and there are actually a few other widows that are part of our group as well. But uh, the four of us are the ones that had decided that we were going to try to launch this business. So so I, I presume that didn't happen immediately. I mean, there must have been some time to form a friendship and, and yep. get your kids together and drink some yep. wine and <laughs> complain and talk about how awkward people are around you and things like this. And so a, a certain yeah. amount of trust builds up in that time? Yeah, 
Yeah, definitely. Um, trust in each other. Uh, and that's actually, we had some really good conversations about that at the beginning when we did start speaking earnestly about starting a business. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's different when you have someone in your corner who, who knows exactly what you're going through. And it's not something that it's just not a common thing that other people in your life have had to experience. Um, and so there's this understanding and there's a compassion and there is a, a patience and just, you know, we, we talk every day and I think we, we had talked pretty, pretty constantly even before we started the business, but for sure now we're like, you know, we talk more to each other than anybody else. Um, so, so let me ask crying out loud is, is a retail store as well as an online website that sells a, a wide range of gifts and thoughtful things that, that, that aren't what you said, edible, what, uh, arrangements. I mean, edible arrangements. <laughs> uh, although yeah. I, I noticed there is chocolate on the list, there, um, yeah. which, which is, which is very important. But how did the four of you decide that going into business together and going into retail, which is, can be a very tough road yeah. to hoe. How did you decide that that was sort of the, the answer to a common need? Yeah, well, you know, I think it seems that a lot of things just kind of fit together or a lot of, there were a series of sort of serendipitous events as well. Um, I mean, Sarah, one of our, one of our co-founders, her background is in sales and retail. Um, and she worked in a corporate environment and, and, you know, planning and buying for, for probably, I think it was probably 15 or 16 years. And so she was bringing to the table, those skills that we needed um, and it's, it, I think it was also, you know, it's been her dream to open up her store, a store as well. Um, and we, between the four of us, we were all working our working, you know, full-time corporate jobs. Um, S- Sarah went through, uh, I, I think it might've been a year of, um, disability. She was on, on leave on disability and during that time, she was thinking about what she, what she needed uh, to kind of to keep on, to go on. Because, um, you know, she was, she was a single mom to two little girls. She was commuting. She, she had this crazy job that she was commuting to, like, two hours a day or something. Sometimes more than that, I think. Um, and she was, she was burning out. And she was like, I need something, I need something different. And we had been supporting her and we'd been talking about this without really talking about, about, you know, the solution being us for going into business together. But she was sort of, uh, she had started that, that idea of, she was just like, I kind of want to do my own thing. And a lot of times I think in the background too, we would also have friends and loved ones that were just asking us like, oh, we know someone who just had somebody in there, somebody special die or going through a hard time and how do we actually help? What are some of the ways, what are some things that we can actually do to help them out? And we often just kind of commiserated with each other. Like, Oh my God, do you remember back, you know, back in the early days when this was happening and someone gave this to us or someone was trying to help, but it like did not help at all. And we, you know, we would often have conversations about that and how we just were getting all these insights into like, well, you know what? people really just need X or Y or Z or sometimes it's, they just need, you know, to eat three chocolate bars in the bathtub and it really helps. (laughs) And, um, I think we, you know, through, 
through some shifts where we had those really serious conversations around, okay, well, yeah, how are people feeling about their jobs and are they happy doing what they're doing? And um, I think we were all at a point maybe in our grief process too where, uh, I don't know, for me at least, it seemed like a, it, this seemed like a really, a really big part of it. So it was not just like a business, a business decision or a career decision, you know, something in my professional life, but it seems like it just kind of came along as part of my, my grief process. As the four of you came together to decide we're going to do this project together, we're going to open a store. How did you do the planning process? Because you have to make decisions about what type of store, where's it going to be, how do we stock it? How did how did you manage that planning process? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know somehow we did. Um, well, there was uh, this really great opportunity that had come up um, through again our our East End network of um, some parents, there is this great, uh, this great company or not company. There's this great um, therapy collective. They're called the healing collective. And two of the uh, women that own it and that run the healing collective, they had reached out to Sarah when she had gone onto the Facebook group and had just kind of like posted uh, something about, you know, just trying to get a little discussion going around, um, effectively being an entrepreneur, um, working from home, um, starting a starting your own business, being self-employed, and just trying to get some feelers out and see what other what other parents and what other you know Eastenders were doing, and um, Caroline and Abby from the Healing Collective had reached out to her and said, actually, we have this this really nice space that's right at the front of our treatment rooms. So we have treatment rooms in the back where all of our uh, wellness practitioners uh, practice. They rent rooms there and they have their clients that come in, but we have a space in the front that is essentially a retail space. And we're in the neighborhood. We're at Danforth and Woodbine. Um, and the space, I mean, it's, they said it's, you have to make a decision quickly though, because I think it was probably February when, when they had first started talking and Sarah went out to go meet with them. And we had decided within uh, I'd say a week or two that we said yeah we should go for it it seemed like a really good opportunity and they seemed like great landlords for us to be working with Um, and by July we had signed a lease to take on this space Um, and we started working on it in July we kind of went through our network of just different um, you know interior designers and uh, different partners that we had that we had known or that we had seen um, and just kind of like built a small team. And so that was the one thing that we, I'm so glad that we did. We, we said, well, let's, we know that we're going to put some money into this. We did a, an initial sort of financial plan and said, we need to build a good team in order to launch this business. Uh, and so we were able to build a team that were, that was able to deliver a store so we could actually launch and open in October. So we had signed a lease in July. We were staying in an empty space uh, and then between July and October, we designed, furnished, um, made sales plans, went to vendors, you know, bought our first lines of product and stocked it and then had, you know, launched our store. <laughs> what was the vision for the, the product selection? Um, actually, we had a really, f- we had fun doing that part of it um, because it was sort of a self-reflection exercise where we were thinking about products and different things that helped us personally. Uh, but then also things that we'd seen in the market and we kind of 
with that self-reflection exercise, we were thinking about different themes and, you know, missions around what we wanted to accomplish with, with crying out loud. Um, and we ended up, it was, it was kind of a, yeah, it was a big brain dump of a big variety of products, um, in lots of different categories. I think we knew that, uh, our mix was going to be led by books and stationery. Uh, because we had, we knew there's a lot of great material out there, lots of interesting literature, um, even like you know all kinds of different genres of books that would that was were, that we were all reading and that was helping us through books and stationery. We said yes, we definitely want to build our assortment around that, and then um, we knew that we wanted it to be like a family focused. Uh, sort of family focused assortment as well so a lot of products that we want to curate are about connection so it's connection with your own family connection with your loved ones connection with your friends so we have lots of uh you know activities activity based products i guess so games um sort of um yeah games that you would play when you get together with friends at a dinner party that kind of thing um and we also have a good assortment of apothecary so you know, scents and essential oils. Uh, we have these, we have, uh, you know, bath and body products, uh, loungewear. We have lots of different, it's really hard to contain, I think, our assortment, but at the same time, um, we know that there's lots of different ways that people, that people, like people have different personal journeys for mm -hmm, wellness. Mm -hmm. And so it was important for us to honor that and to recognize that that uh, people have their own ways of of managing all of life stuff, you know. But to make it also very accessible. So if if someone wanted to come in and just buy a really great card that's going to make their friend have like an amazing belly laugh about something shitty that's happening, they can do that. Or if they want to come in and and put together a whole big package for a friend who's going through chemotherapy, they can also do that, you know. Or a friend who's going through infertility right now, you can come into our store and you can find some really great products to support that too. Right. And I mean, I, I, I looked at the selection and I, words failed me. I wasn't able to come up with any phrase for, to, to, to encompass the, 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 the breadth of selection <laughs> and, and, and the weird things that are found, especially the, the four letter puzzles, which oh, I yeah. thought, uh, 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 where you put together a puzzle and it spells out one of those words that we try not to say in the air. Um, which reflects, I guess, a certain amount of rage and is probably really therapeutic for, yes. uh, for, for some people. What has surprised you about in, t in terms of what has sold or maybe what is not sold in, 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 in your retail store or online? Hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's interesting. One of our best-selling products is uh, a product carry, uh, that we carry from this brand called Luna Life, and it's a pack of shower steamers. So if you you've heard of bath bombs before, right? Mm -hmm. Those are so those are you know those 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 balls, and you drop them into the bath, and they get all fizzy and they smell great, and it's it's full of essential oils and lovely scents. So we we found that you know actually out of the four of us, I mean, it's really hard to find time to take a bath, right? It's great as far as a, like a self care or you know like a um, taking a moment for yourself, you know, lots of people would love to take baths. I would love to take more baths, but 
Right. No one has time for that. And so, no time. you know, it's like, it's like real wellness. It's like, you want to, you want to be able to treat yourself, but you don't have time. So we sell a ton of those shower steamers. They were surprisingly yeah, our bestseller. Um, because they, yeah, I think it's just, it's really recognizing how people are really coping with life's hard stuff and recognizing that there are some, um, I guess, like what what traditional self-care might look like or traditional mental wellness um we we cannot we offer something else or something real you know um that's different from that right i don't think there's anything you sell that can be bought at walmart is that a fair thing to say yeah yes yeah. i mean it's so eclectic really the only way to get a feel is to visit your store which is in east toronto or go on the website where what's the url for people to go to if they want to get an idea of just the sheer diversity and and ingenuity ingenuity of your your product line uh you can visit us at cryingoutloud.ca and we're also on instagram too Perfect. And you do events as well. Now, that'll only interest those in the Toronto area, I guess. But what, what are you trying to accomplish with the events? Um, basically, we're trying to round out what you would get as an experience in the store. So uh, what we built with Crying Out Loud is really just an experience of, of having, um, you know, shared experiences. And so the, with the workshops and the community events that we like to hold, they really just they promote wellness through learning and through social connections so we we like to have events where we focus on anything from you know how to talk to your kids about death and dying to making herbal teas that help uplift your moods um so it's really just kind of a a, we would like to have a well-rounded um selection of ways to fill your wellness toolbox Right. And of course, uh, the, 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 the skill of an entrepreneur isn't in setting up a business, but it's how they respond when the, the public starts either demanding th- more things of them or ignoring them entirely. So how has the, uh, uh, has the commercial reaction, reception to the, to the business been? Are you doing well? Are you uh, growing fast? Are you spending more money on marketing? How does that, how's that going? Um, I think all of those things. Yeah, we we were really pleasantly surprised by how much our message really resonated with people. That's I great. mean, I think it's always a you know, as an entrepreneur, especially something that's born from such a personal personal experience of ours and a personal process that um, we always feel like, oh yeah, what we're doing is so important, and what we what we're doing has this huge, should have this huge impact because look at how it's changed our lives um we have had tremendous feedback from uh not just media response and and some coverage that we've received uh once when we launched but also just from 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 people from customers from followers who are reading our content who are um you know following us on instagram and seeing sort of discussion areas and the open conversations that we're having and it seems to be it seems to be having a really great impact, and so I think we're 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 hopeful that we're only going to keep growing, and that our message is our message is is the right one. Right. And as far as sort of a business plan, do you have? But uh, as as the store uh, becomes established and hopefully continues to grow, are there and 
the events uh, happen. Are there other aspects of this business to come, or is this, you know, pretty much what you had in mind? Um, I think it's that's kind of hard to say at this point. I think we're really learning how large the community is when it comes to wellness, um, and so we have a, we're still learning a lot on how to run this part of what we have right now. Um, so you know specifically. Uh, becoming experts in Shopify, you know, is one area that we're really working a lot on and sort of the management and the business part of it, um, analysis, uh, just becoming more disciplined in that area. Um, we're doing a lot of work in. I think we have a lot of ideas on where we want to take this um, and we're making some great connections uh, within the wellness community um, that I think can really help us grow. But uh, right now I think we're we're, we're also very, we're mindful of the fact that we, we'd like to keep a healthy balance in our own lives too. So um, part of our mission for, for crying out loud is, you know, in redefining this journey of mental wellness is that we're not striving for perfection, but we're achieving this healthy balance so that we can, we can actually, you know, thrive every day. Right. The experience of working together as a group on this common cause, and it's such a, a worthy cause and, 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 a, and a big challenge, um, how has that helped you in your own healing process? Um, well, I think the way that we've developed, you know, a way of communicating with each other, um, the support system that we had become friends through before we became business partners through, uh, that has really formed a really nice foundation for us to continue um, with this with the business and I think the way that I came to becoming a full full-time entrepreneur you know I was basically uh, working in a job for six and a half years in the same industry hadn't experienced much professional change at all um, throughout those years and until until I started this journey after my partner died um, now I just feel like I can start this new sort of healthier cycle of being able to bring my most authentic and open self to work every day. And it, it makes me just more energetic and confident. And then I can feel like I'm just finally setting myself up to do my best work while still feeling my best. And I think just so much of that has to do with, uh, with how crying out loud came to be. And then also how we, how we've chosen to just operate and communicate with each other and, uh, just kind of, create a, a really healthy, healthy business, business, I guess, a balance of business and life now. Right. Um, in, in a way, it's about taking control of your lives, right? I mean, to, yeah, I, absolutely. I, working in a professional career for a big corporation, they, they care very much. They will be flexible for a few weeks or months, but, mm -hmm. but eventually, you know, the, uh, they, they can't make exceptions for most of their people. And so I, one of the reasons that I'm a big fan of entrepreneurship is that it allows people to work their way, that they can choose the platform to which, mm -hmm. which they're going to contribute. They can choose the hours, the amount of time they're going to work, when they're going to work, where they're going to work. And, and I guess that's the platform that you've created for yourselves in Crying Out Loud. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> You're spot on with that. I mean, we had lots of conversations around that and very open, direct conversations too at the very start of it where we said, yeah, you know how people say, you know, you should never start a business with your friends. 
We're like, this is really important for us to to not lose this friendship while we're while we're creating this business or while we're managing this business and running it. So we knew that how we were going to approach this was going to be different, or at least we were we wanted it to be different than all the you know all, a lot of the stories that you might hear about what happens. Um, because what we are moving forward with, with our mission for crying out loud, it's what we need to live ourselves every day. So it's the culture that we, the culture that we, that we nurture with for ourselves, for our staff. Um, yeah, sometimes we close the store when all of our kids are sick and nobody can go in or something, you know, um, Perfect. or if, yeah, if we're Be- struggling and we need a break, you know, we, we aren't afraid to let, let each other know that we're just going to be offline until tomorrow, you know, or something. And it's, it's small, small things like that, that just kind of help get through, um, get through the really like hard times because at the same time, sometimes we're also, yeah, still messaging each other at, at midnight. And, um, that's not necessarily what you want to be doing. Right. So. Yeah. The the other thing that I admire about the, 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 the business that you've created among the four of you and uh, with your broader network as well is the sheer community of it. A lot of entrepreneurs I know, and this is more, I'm a little older than you, and so a lot of the entrepreneurs I know are older than me. And yeah. uh, a lot of those people are, are very lone wolves types. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, they're they're working alone or yeah i mean they may have a business they may have employees but they're essentially sort of alone as the boss there and they haven't cultivated a community they have friends and colleagues and all that stuff but nothing that i would call a community that they don't have a support group someone that they can uh, share their frustrations with someone they can mm-hmm. talk to mm-hmm. there are there are lots of peer groups for entrepreneurs where you can go and join and 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 chat once a month or once a week and 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 bond and solve problems together but most entrepreneurs don't join those things although i recommend it to anyone so um just just one of the lessons i would take away from this is that there is such strength in community and in 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 friendship and in you know an an intimate core of very good friends and Mm -hmm. and and that more and more entrepreneurs should try and, and and embrace the power that comes from there don't you think I would definitely agree. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think when you can have that trust and you can have that confidence in each other and you, I mean, we, we know that we wouldn't be able to, we wouldn't have gotten here and we wouldn't have been able to launch crying out loud without this powerful community or this concept of community and and connection and having people to lean on. And, and that was the only way that we were going to be able to survive and then later thrive is by being able to, to form these kinds of relationships and and uh, really just use those to to feed ourselves, you know, and and to, and to support us. Let me ask what kind of uh, skills you developed or processes for when you disagree. If there's four of you, then there's a possibility mm-hmm. that two two say left and two say right, and uh, or up or down, whatever the, <laughs> the, 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 the schism is. And and it, it might be hard to move from there. So uh, do you get out the incense and candles to make it work? How do you, <laughs> uh, what, 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 what's your go-to when you're four very civilized people just trying to solve a, a disagreement? Yeah, candles can help. I mean, I think that's something that we're still, we're still uh, learning to do and navigate because... Um, 
you know, I, I, I feel like because there are four of us at this as well, and we have, while we all can support each other and get along, we all complement each other really well um, at the same time. So I think some of our communication styles, if they do differ, it seems that we have enough in the mix between four of us that we can always kind of come back around, you know, or like kind of just have open conversation about it, address what's really at the root of a concern or really at the root of, you know, something that is stressing somebody out. Um, Maybe it helps that we're all in therapy and seeing multiple therapists as well, but we really try to, to have, you know, good communication practices. Um, And sometimes it's, Sometimes it has been pretty hard. Uh, I think when we've when ha- we've had conflict. Have you been able to work out sort of protocols for for dealing with it, or is that just a work in progress at this point? Uh, well, I think the protocol is like don't don't just be quiet. You know, if there's something that's not working, or if mm. you're, um, and part of that has to do with yeah, if you're having something else that's stressful in life that's going on that could be affecting maybe how you're approaching a business decision or a problem that. It, you know, that could be part of it as well. And so it's part of the openness of, of saying, well, here's something else that's going on. Maybe that's why I feel this way about this. But uh, it's really kind of, you know, not not really putting on any sort of airs or faces about anything, but um, just just being able to to be, I don't know, it sounds, it sounds trite, like to be ourselves and to uh, just be as open and authentic as we can. Off the top of the show, we talked about that. I guess one of your messages is to embrace uncertainty. No one can know when they're going to suffer the the, the, mm-hmm. the loss of a, a loved one. Um, that there, are, I guess there's there's no good trauma, so we just have to be ready for it. What have you learned about responding to trauma, putting sorrow into act, positive activity? Uh, that you, you you've been through stuff that I I can't imagine and uh, and hopefully many of our listeners can't either. So I'm hopeful you can give us some skills for anticipating <laughs> uh, the, the 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 how to deal with yeah. such, such traumatic experience. Um, I mean, I guess a big part of what we what we practice at Crying Out Loud is embracing you know the lightness and the joy of life as well as the darkness. I guess and and sadness and sometimes lots of tragedy that can happen and um, I think it's allowing yourself the time and the space to process those things and sometimes that means you know as a business owner or even someone who's in the corporate world it's like stepping away from certain parts of your life maybe you know that that sort of very traditionally productive part of life of working you know in order to give yourself the space to do the life work and be productive there so that you can make sure that you're able to show up in the other parts of your life in the best way possible. So yeah. And that can, that can be really hard to, to admit to that fact and say, okay, I think it's time that I need to take a break from this or from that. Um, because you don't know how long that break might last. And that's the scary part too. Uh, and it may just end that, you know, that break turns into a permanent thing that leads you into something else. For those of us who haven't experienced the kind of pain and, and 
life-altering trauma that, that, that you and your, your partners, partners have. What would you like us to know if there's something, one thing that we could know sort of just on a social basis when we see you? Um, uh, you mentioned Nicole's podcast about terrible thanks for asking uh, that, oh, no, yeah Nora's that, podcast Nora, yeah sorry and uh and that obviously speaks to how difficult it is for other people to understand uh what you've been through and what you may be going mm-hmm. through what's the one thing you'd like us to know that would help us communicate with a little bit more uh relevance and empathy I think sometimes it's okay. It, it, it's fine if you don't know what to do. You know, it's fine if you don't know what the solution is or if you don't know how to fix something. Um, the best thing is just to show up for somebody and to let them know that you're there um, to hold space, you know, as we say. Um, space. To hold space for someone. And that's really hard because it, it's so a lot of times for people that you care about, you just kind of want to help them get rid of whatever pain they're feeling um, or to fix something, you know, to get over, help them get over something. Uh, and at least, you know, in our experience for grief, like it's not something that you really get over. You just, you kind of walk with it for, for the rest of your life and you integrate it into your life in a healthy way, as healthy as possible. Um, and so... It's a, it can be a scary thing to just kind of sit there and, and recognize, it's, you know, validating that someone's going through something or recognizing that they're going through a hard time, but maybe also recognizing that you don't have to fix it for them and that the best thing you can do is just let them know that they're there. Right, right. Some of us find it hard to do that, but I, I love that there's, there's tremendous insight in some words that I found on the website. Mm-hmm. Uh, crying out loud where it says we bring with us no judgment no shame no stigma we just bring love understanding a bunch of swear words and maybe some chocolate yeah that's basically us <laughs> and and i think that's good words for all, all uh, for for all the travails life shows throws at us including entrepreneurship if there's one tip or insight that people could take away from the experience you've been through is, is, is there anything else you, you want to share with, with our audience? I would say everyone can do a better job at trusting their gut and just taking, taking that risk and taking that leap. <laughs> That's beautiful. I like that. We're going to leave that right there. So, uh, okay. <laughs> you know who you are and you know what your gut is saying. So, don't necessarily do it, but listen to it, give it some air, and let it breathe, and find <laughs> out what you're capable of doing. So thank you so much. This has been such a journey that, uh, that we've taken together, and I, I feel I understand a little bit about what you've been through, Janice, and, and, and where things are going. I wish you tremendous luck with Crying Out Loud. It recently rebranded from Lost and Found Limited, so That's you've right. had that challenge there as well. Um, a, a, a lot of uh, stuff to go through. I wish you and your partners uh, tremendous luck on your business journeys and your personal journeys. And thank you so much for sharing them with Startup Canada. Oh, thanks so much for hearing our story. Thanks and all the best. Thank you for joining us this week in the Startup Canada podcast, a weekly show dedicated to unlocking the potential of every entrepreneur. 
Stay tuned another minute to hear the latest startup community news and the upcoming events lineup, including our hashtag Startup Chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time. I sometimes show up there too. Until next week, I'm your Startup Canada podcast host, Rick Spence.